Well, good morning and welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. And actually, we're not on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. We're on Spreaker and simulcasting on Jitsi and free conference call. I just tried to do a transmission on TFR because I had some people thinking that things were working, and they're not. <laughs> uh, Chris Geo is still in the process of rebuilding uh, the TFR from the ground up, and as a result, uh, all the shows there are recorded only. They're just uh, uh, basically replays, and uh, I had somebody thought everything was live again, so I decided to go over there and try, but nope, it's not. <laughs> so we are not on TFR. We hope to be back there soon uh, whenever he gets everything finished. But uh, for now, we're, um, uh, everything is done on Spreaker. And even when we get back to TFR, we'll still be simulcasting on Spreaker. And everything will be archived here, as well as um, our usual castbox.fm. But anyway, I am your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. And it is Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. And this program is meant to provide natural healing information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I search for and present to my listeners natural modalities that simply assist and augment the body's ability to heal itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing that's missing is the raw materials. And when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now, you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. And uh, <laughs> uh, just a second, Vicki, uh, it's probably Nick, but I uh, will give you that. Um, let me finish my spiel here real quick. And... Um, Visit the website, yourdiyhealth.com, and it uh, basically there's all kinds of information there. All the pro products we talk about are there, including the iTeraCare device featured prominently at the top of the homepage. And there's all kinds of information about that. We've got downloadable flyers and brochures, a link to the YouTube playlist that um, uh, basically talks about the uh, technology, how it's used, and testimonials from people all over the world that have had great results using these things. And there's over 120-some videos up there now, probably over 130 now. Uh, but there's lots of them, and uh, they're really good. I encourage you to check them out. Some are short, some are long, but they all have lots of great information. Also, while you're on the main website, be sure and hit the Radio Shows tab. And at the top of the page, you'll see the link to the Facebook page set up through castbox.fm. Excuse me, the, well, I got everything screwed up this morning. Uh, at the top is the link to the tele, or the, um, cat, the archive page, set up through castbox.fm. And then if you scroll down a little further, you'll see the information on the shows we do when, uh, when you're on and how you listen. And that's uh, through Spreaker and, uh, and Jitsi and free conference call right now. And then when you scroll to the bottom of the page, then you'll see the, li the link to the page set up for the Facebook page set up for the show, as well as the Telegram channel. And uh, keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the um, 
Spreaker Radio Network, or Jitsi, or Free Conference Call, their owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we see in this show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health or wealth issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping-off point to do your own research and due diligence to make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. The number to call into the show, if you happen to be listening on Spreaker, and there's no other way, is 614-499-2409. That's 614-499-2409. Again, 614-499-2409. And um, that's it for the uh, questions and comments, I guess you could say, or the the housekeeping stuff. Um, Now that I'm ready to tell you what to do, you've gone. Um, Nick and Vicki, if you're listening, um, you have to log back out. And when you, when you first open up the Spreaker page or the Jitsi page, it will ask you if you want to grant permission to use your microphone and just click yes and make sure the, the camera is disabled, but, uh, enable your mic and you're good to go. So hopefully you got that. Um, but it's, it's very simple to do. If it's not working, you probably need to restart your computer and uh, try it again but um, it's very simple once you uh, once you hit uh, Jitsi the first thing it's going to do it's going to ask you what your name is if you've already got it in there it's going to see it and and add it and then at that point you'll just uh, enable your microphone and you'll be good to go Um, take it slow just read the screen just don't bypass everything you should be all set all righty hopefully that helped Um, and if not um, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's not hard. Um, so anyway, I wanted to uh, today. You know, you know, I mentioned the iTeraCare device from time to time, and this thing is absolutely amazing. And so many people have had such great results. Um, I don't want to glance over stuff. And I have a recording here. Uh, this was actually posted uh, made Sunday. It's Prife International, which is the company that uh, owns the international distribution rights for iTeraCare. And um, Dr. James Ong is the um, one of the head honchos. I can't remember his official position, but he's the one that does the weekly live streams. And he routinely will have uh, uh, two different interviews. Uh, usually one, at least one is somebody who's had great results in their testimonial. And then the second one in many times could be another testimonial, or it may also be, uh, a man, woman, or a couple who have, uh, built the business to a certain level and they discuss how they did it and that kind of thing. And in this case, um, the first, um, interview is a lady in, I believe she's in Texas, and I'm going to share the screen on both uh, Jitsi and uh, free conference call. So if you're using one of those two things, you'll be able to um, see this video as I play it. But it, it's about um, 20 or 30 minutes long at the most. And it's really, really good talking about the things she and members of her family have um, been able to address or help their bodies uh, restore their health from Um by using the iTeraCare device. So uh, without any further ado, I'm going to get into this uh, video here real quick. Here we go. Well, wonderful live stream. But before I begin, um, 
Yes, I let me introduce myself in case you're watching for the first time. My name is Dr. James Song. I'm your host. And uh, today is a very special day. So I would like to wish all the mothers in the world happy Mother's Day. <laughs> all right. Wherever you are, happy Mother's Day. And may this wonderful, beautiful day bring you all the joy and happiness that you deserve. Right. With me today, we have two um, different set of stories again. And the first one is about health, but it's not the typical health that we are, you know, used to internally. This one is on the skin. It's something external. It's about an old scar. All right. And I wouldn't say old. I mean, it's pretty new. Right. Um, but there was a scar and, you know, it's um, something that bothers a lot of people when they have a scar. And this is, um, well, she's going to relate her story and she's all the way from Texas. Can we please welcome Charlotte? Hi, Charlotte. Let me um, get you on a spotlight and you have to unmute yourself. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, what time is it right now in Texas? Just for you. It's 7.30. Okay, it looks a little bit bright, I mean, from the back. And, um, well, you have a wonderful story for us. But uh, before that, may I have your permission to show what you sent me so that you Please can do. just relate how it happened. And, yeah, uh, I'm sure a lot of people will appreciate this. All right, so I hope it's clear. Um, so on February, we have that nasty scar on your skin, on your um, face. Would you like to explain how you got that? Yes, I uh, had a squamous cell carcinoma come up very quickly mm. on my hand and also one on the top of my chest. And I went to the dermatologist and he shaved it off and did tests on it and said, yes, it's squamous cell. So he wanted me to come back and have it removed and he made a nickel size incision on the back of my hand and then he went all the way around the out the the edge of that incision with a and, and sutured it and pulled it and it looks like the first picture horrible it just was horrible and I he know. said you're gonna hate me now but it will calm down well it did not calm down before i got the the wand um, it just stayed, as you can see in the April 10th picture, that was before wanding. It was still had bumps and pulls and, and actually it hurt when I stretched my hand because there's, there's just not enough skin on the back of your hand to pull that much up. I know so I be it's because yeah. of the lack of skin. That's why it scarred the way, you know, the way it did. And, um, and interestingly, I mean, when you receive your wand in April, um, you took a photo, which is better than the one in February, but nevertheless, you can still, you know, see the pull, pulling effect of the skin around it. And, uh, and then you started wanting, tell us about it. I mean, did you feel any sensation? How did you do it? I mean, did you just blow on that spot for, you know, several minutes or the rest of your body? How did you do it? Actually, I did the techniques that they recommend, and I started with my hands and my soles and my feet and drinking the wanded water. And then I would um, just, then I then I just did all the points they, that they recommend, the 10 points, and I wanted my arms. And, and then I did pay attention to the back of my hand, but only for like a minute or so. 
every time I would wand, which would be about once a day. Okay. And I noticed very quickly it changing and it would change throughout the day. My husband even noticed. Wow. It, it was surprising. Um, I did not realize as silly as this is, I'm 67 this month, but I did not realize that I keloid scar. And um, so I was surprised at that, but I did not want this other keloid scar that I've had for about 60 years on the side of my leg. Yes. And, and I looked down <laughs> the other day and I said, oh my gosh, it was like this long. Now it's like this long. Wow. I was so surprised. It was, and then, and we were talking about wanding because my husband has one um, lipoma on his leg and my son has lipomas all over him. And so we lent him a, um, a wand and my husband said, you know, I'm going to pay attention, more attention to that keloid on my, on his leg. Now he's been wanding as long as I have. And he looked down and he's trying to find that keloid and it's gone. I'm sorry. I said lipoma. That lipoma is gone on my husband's leg. Wow. And he wasn't, he wasn't even paying attention to it. You know, sometimes, um, I mean, like in that case of the scar, you had an old photo, but in your keloid and um, the other one that your husband had, how I wish you guys have, you know, photos, but sometimes you just never expect, isn't it? And then it I, just happened. It disappears. And it's just too late to take photo, right? <laughs> it is. But the thing about my hand that I thought was so important is this is something on the outward that we on the outward skin that we can really see a difference uh, with the Itericare wand and also with the Itericare bio. Um, you you just can't see everything it's doing on the inside. And yeah. some people say, well, that's not working for me. And I, and I think, well, what else are you, have you noticed about yourself? Have your headaches improved? How about your skin? What about, you know, they're like, oh, oh, my moles fell off. Oh, <laughs> 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 big deal. Really? <laughs> my yeah. moles fell off. Wow. Okay. Seriously. And, you know, Charlotte, you mentioned to me um, that you have also been into other frequencies before. So it's nothing new to you. And that's why you uh, purchased the iTerra Bio, right? So, yes. Yeah. I mean. Well, I, I also have, because I'm diabetic. Mm -hmm. uh, well, oh, let, me, let me back up for a minute. Because I am diabetic and I'm using the wand and I'm drinking the water, my numbers came down 20 points. Mm -hmm. I mean, just, I couldn't believe it. So I backed off all the enzymes that I normally take. And I wanted to see, well, what the wand really does, what the wand can do and help me with. So um, it stayed like that for a while and then it bumped back up. And I thought, well, this is weird, but it's, I added the enzymes back because I take no medication at all. Yeah, and I know you numbers, told me that you, you didn't take any medication at all. You're just using No medication at all. Yeah. But my numbers were uh, generally around 400 average. Wow. Wow. And I had no idea. I was undiagnosed. Uh, diabetic evidently for a long time so from so, 400 it came down right when you use enzyme and itera care right the uh, well before i started using itera care i used all sorts of things to help it every kind of supplement that they recommend yeah, yeah. but i found that these enzymes that are specific enzymes that i use really helped me but oh. when i 
started using the wand, I got off the enzymes because I don't want to confuse two therapies. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Maybe it works so, well with your enzyme. <laughs> um, and so I had to add the enzymes back because the numbers went back up. But from what I've learned from using the wand is it kind of aggravates a problem that we might have. And so don't be discouraged. It's yeah. going to aggravate it a little bit and then it's going to calm back down and, and be well. But at the same time, my blood sugar, my blood pressure has come down 20 points on both numbers. Wow. Now that's huge. And remain there. It's that's huge. That's it's huge. huge. And so um, yeah. that's why I say to people, don't get discouraged. Uh, it might not be the place that you're expecting it, but you're, the wand is not the healer. The wand just wakes up the cells in our body. You're right. I mean, the wand doesn't heal. It's your body that heals. Isn't it? Exactly. And, 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 right. and what you mentioned a while ago is about the healing process, right? So some people, it may get a little bit worse before it gets better. And, and no one human being is the same. So just don't, exactly. give, don't give up. Don't yet. Give up. And, and, you know, the one's not going to take uh, the place of a chiropractor if your back is out of whack. The one's not going to take place of that. But the one can help those muscles that get pulled when your back gets out of whack. Well, just looking um, at your skin, I mean, something must have grown back. So I can only attribute maybe stem cells, right? I mean, your your screen, your skin was like all pulled out. Right? Oh, it was horrible. Have, you know, it was, yeah, so, you know, I, <laughs> the I scar do. to disappear like that means it has something happened, isn't it? Right? It, it did. And I do use almond oil now. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that the oils that we use for our skin and then you wand over it is only more beneficial. Uh, everything kind of works together. Yeah, um, to complementary. Yeah, it does. It, it does. And so uh, because I have diabetes, I also have neuro um, peripheral neuropathy in my feet and mm -hmm. my hands. Okay. And I would say that my they stingle. They don't just sting. They don't yeah. just tingle. They stingle. Yeah. And. And I read so much information about peripheral neuropathy and how bad it can get. And yeah. no, I'm not letting that happen. Yes. So um, I studied about the uh, Itera Bio mm -hmm. and this little, they call it a foot spa. Not little, really it's very powerful. <laughs> oh, it goes all the way up, you know, you're, you can feel it, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my heck. So my husband started using it yeah. and he put it on a two and he said, a two level and he said oh wow that's powerful and i thought well he's a wimp i'm gonna just put it on seven you put it on seven right <laughs> oh my stars don't put it on seven don't start there i say mm -hmm. don't go to the pain mm -hmm. when it when it becomes uncomfortable back down and i, I mean yeah, back off yeah slow down you know slow down slow down it's a powerful mm -hmm. machine it's not only far infrared it's yeah. got the um negative ion negative ion with terahertz and yeah the whole works but mm -hmm. i couldn't find a lot of information and testimonies from people that have used the iTera bio and i thought well i'll be the guinea pig okay um, <laughs> you're brave you know, and so um i can feel it not just in my feet I know. It comes a lot of people have seen them yeah i've seen my whole body my whole body and and if it can help with wrinkles and with weight, I'm telling you that thing will just fly off the shelf. 
Definitely. Your liver could fall out of you, but <laughs> if it helps with wrinkles and weight, we will have a seller right here. Definitely. Anyway, thank you so much, Charlotte, for coming forward to share your story. And I'm glad that uh, the device has helped not only you, but you mentioned your husband and your son and who knows, your entire neighborhood <laughs> pretty soon. Seriously. So, yeah, thank you so much. And um, we'd like to wish you all the very best. Um, and happy Mother's Day. <laughs> thank you very much. All right. Goodbye. Thank you. So that's also. Medical disclaimers. iTerra Classic and iTerra Pro are not medical devices. The information provided on our website is for educational purposes only and does not substitute for professional medical advice. Please consult a medical professional or healthcare provider if you are seeking medical advice, diagnoses, or treatment. Priif International shall not be liable for risks or issues associated with using or acting upon the information on our website. Priif International shall not be liable or responsible for the actions, misrepresentations, or negligence of our members who are independent contractors. There you have it. Just another person who's had fantastic results using the iTeraCare wand and, uh, and in some respects the iTeraCare Bio, which is a really cool product. I've got one. Um, the only downside is they're not inexpensive. Um, when I got mine, they were $4,500. they are now $4,800. Um, but they are really cool. It looks like one of those foot bath kind of things, but it's dry. You put your feet in and your feet rest on a metal. Um, I think it's basically the best way you can call it is a transducer. It is a um, metal plate that when you turn it on, it produces negative ions, which is great for all kinds of things. Plus, it has the terahertz frequencies that go up through your body. And uh, you can actually feel your, your ankles and your legs get warm. Um, and they were right. Don't go to the high numbers real quick. I made that mistake and uh, it was not not good. <laughs> I right now I use it uh, it has uh, 10, 15 and or 10, 20 and 30 minute uh, time frames and a scale of 1 to 10 and I use the number 5 setting. Uh, last night I used it for about 20 minutes and it does great things. It helps with all kinds of stuff. My blood pressure has come back to normal. Um, I sleep really well the um oh, what do you call it um uh my weight has uh, been coming down a little at a time it's on a downward scale and it's much easier to um uh stay below the you know the you know the range that i'm trying to stay at right now i just want to stay under 200 pounds and it's been uh, doing that quite easily i haven't uh, popped back up there in quite some time so it's uh between the two i'm having great results and uh Aches and pains are gone. Everything feels good. All that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm hoping, I don't know if it's Nick, Nick or Vicky <laughs> uh, in the chat, but um, I'm hoping you got the uh, microphone situation straightened out. It shows that you're muted if you click the unmute button in the left-hand corner uh, the bottom menu. It should unmute you and you should be able to talk. Um, that's my guess. If, uh, if you can hear me and you can't unmute, then you need to log out or just click the red hang-up button 
And in the screen that you're going to see, it will show on the left where you log back in, there should be a place where you enable your microphone and disable your camera. And uh, that's where you do that at. So hopefully we got that figured out, or will, and then you'll be able to chat. But uh, in the meantime, I was trying during the video to search for something. and for, Oh, there it is. finally came up. Um, something I haven't done in a while. Let's see if I can find it here real quick. Um, it's a little uh, hypothetical um, thing from Dr. Uh, Peter Glidden's first book. There we go. Um, that uh, he did a long time ago stressing the importance of uh, nutrition and how basically when you go to a, an MD for a uh, nutritional deficiency disease, what a mistake that is and the damage that will be caused through their ignorance and lack of training. And I'm going to go ahead and read this because I do this every so often, you know, just because I never know when I've got new listeners who've not heard it. And it's a good review for people that have. Uh, it's a little on the lengthy side, but we've got two hours today and we're still got an hour and a half to go. So I'm going to do this because uh, it's my show. <laughs> I got to make this text a little bit bigger so it's easier to track and follow. Uh, give me a second here. Ooh, man, that's big, big, big. Okay. <clears throat> Let's say that someone named Carmela, a 45-year-old African-American woman, goes to her local MD for a yearly checkup. Her only complaint is consistent pain in her left knee that shows up after she walks a few blocks. The nurse and the doctors do their things, order some lab work, and an MRI of her knee. Now, the doctor could have done an orthopedic exam of the knee and checked for range of motion and, certain, and pain in certain stress positions, but this would have taken too much time. There were 25 people in the waiting room that day, so he could, he could have also ordered a much less expensive x-ray of the knee, but the hospital he is affiliated with just got a new MRI machine, and it needed to be paid for. So, he also gets a kickback from the hospital for every MRI he orders, and Carmela's insurance will pay for it, so why not? Yeah, that's the way they look at things, isn't it? Um, I'll shrink this just a smidge. There we go. Um, let's see here. Where was it? There we are. Um, Carmela's insurance pay for it, so why not? The nurse records Carmela's blood pressure at 142 over 92. Now, the high end of normal is 140 over 90. And technically, in order to truly have high blood pressure... Both of those numbers have to be elevated above 140 over 90. So it has to be at least 141 over 91 for three consecutive readings before you really have hypertension or high blood pressure. After all the tests are back, her MD diagnoses Carmela as suffering from hypertension or high blood pressure, which he, she's not, and osteoarthritis of the left knee. He tells her that they are both genetic diseases, <laughs> because, which is crap, and that she has them because she is African-American, which is also crap. He's dead wrong. There's no such thing as a gene which codes for hypertension or for arthritis in anybody, be they black, white, pink, purple, or yellow. Dr. Wallach wrote an entire book on this subject called Black Gene Lives, Slave Quarter Cures. And you can find that book at drjwallach.com. That's D-R-J-W-A-L-L-A-C-H. Dot com. 
By the way, here are the three most common causes of high blood pressure. A calcium deficiency, peripheral artery disease, or PAD, of the kidneys, which is clogged arteries in the kidneys, and three, obesity. And the only causes of osteoarthritis of the joints are a chronic calcium deficiency, oxidative damage of the joint by free radicals, and chronic hyaluronic acid, sulfur, and trace mineral deficiencies. Because Carmelo's MD is an allopathic reductionist, it's not his job nor his inclination to try and cure the arthritis or the hypertension. As a matter of fact, most MDs have no idea at all of what actually causes disease. It was one of the most stunning revelations of my life when I figured this out and realized how very little MDs know about the actual physiology of the body relative to disease. I was in shock for two days. <laughs> the only responsibility that Carmela's MD had was to keep her from dying while in his office. Mistakenly thinking that she had high blood pressure because of a mysterious genetic defect, he decided to manage it with a drug that a pharmaceutical salesman had given him samples of. He was also obligated to help Carmela to deal with the arthritic knee because he had diagnosed it with the MRI. So Carmela's allopathic reductionistic pharmaceutical-centered MD prescribed hydrochlorothiazide for the high blood pressure issue and knee replacement surgery for her osteoarthritis. Hydrochlorothiazide is a type of drug pressure type of blood pressure medicine that works by artificially relaxing the blood vessels. A major side effect of this drug is type 2 diabetes. That's right, the person taking it eventually develops type 2 diabetes as a side effect of the drug. Great! But remember, the MD's job was not to help Carmela become healthy. His job was to normalize her blood pressure ASAP. If his, if his treatment just so happens to cause something else a few years later, then he can just prescribe another drug for the new condition then. The knee replacement surgery was not immediately necessary, but her MD again incorrectly assumed that it was caused by a bad gene and as such could only get worse. Carmela had excellent insurance coverage and her doctor could use the extra money he would get from the insurance procedure as he had just heard about a real estate investment he wants to try. So why not? Trusting in the wisdom of her doctor and not knowing any better, Carmela agrees to start the BP medicine or the blood pressure medicine, and goes through with the knee replacement surgery. But let's not take our eyes off the ball just yet. Remember, both of Carmela's conditions were caused by simple and chronic nutrient deficiencies. Her MD completely missed this fact and should have had his license revoked because of it. And that's how most people, you know, I'm stepping aside here for a second, making an editorial comment. That's how most people get started on their pathway to a lifetime of drugs. When, you know, you see these older folks with their, you know, sitting at their kitchen table with the little plastic containers that aren't big enough to hold all the things you take on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and all that stuff. You know, I started out the same way. I started out with gastric reflux, which guess what? It was a calcium magnesium deficiency. And as a result, my idiot doctor put me on a, um, oh, what do you call it, a, a proton pump inhibitor, which at the, the first one I tried was Axid. It worked for a year or two. Then she put me on um, uh, Prilosec, and uh, I was on that for probably 12, 13 years. 
And the problem with those things is they stop your stomach from producing stomach acid. The thing, they, the thing that's really bad is they mistakenly believe that you have heartburn or gastric reflux because you're making too much stomach acid, which is totally wrong. As usual, they got it 180 degrees off. You're actually not making enough stomach acid. And when they put you on these drugs, they tend to stop that production of acid almost completely, which makes it virtually impossible to digest your food, especially minerals, which are two-thirds of the daily requirement of essential nutrients. So when you can't digest minerals, they just go right through you, and guess what? You get sicker and sicker and sicker. That's why proton pump inhibitors are some of the absolute worst possible uh, drugs that you could ever take because they open the door for any one or more of 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be caused by nutritional deficiencies. And I got worse and worse and worse. First, it starts out with the stomach problems. Then all of a sudden, I develop high blood pressure. And down the road, I developed bone-on-bone -bone arthritis in both my knees. And a whole list of other things that were virtually all caused by calcium-magnesium deficiency, which are two primary minerals that you got to have lots of in order to maintain regular bodily functions because your skeleton and your muscles are driven by those things, basically. So anyway, we will uh, continue on here. Um, let's see here. Because Carmela's doctor's medical education and clinical experience had nothing to do with clinical nutrition, he was completely unaware of the relationship between Carmela's nutritional status and these two conditions. So instead of just giving Carmela inexpensive nutrient supplements, which would have fixed her problems, he gave her an expensive prescription medicine and a surgical procedure to manage them. Yes, there's a big difference between managing and repairing or managing and curing or managing and reversing. When you manage something, it just keeps it at bay for the time being, and it also allows other things to keep popping up. And that's what we find here. Additionally, as these treatments did nothing to address her nutrient status, after everything is said and done, she still had multiple nutrient deficiencies, especially calcium. Five years went by, and then Carmela came down with osteoporosis. Guess what causes osteoporosis? <laughs> Correct. It's a nutrient deficiency disease, especially calcium. Not knowing or not caring about this, her drug-happy MD then prescribed Boniva for the osteoporosis. Oy vey. You would think that someone specializing in medicine would understand the fundamentally basic concept that thinning of the bone or osteoporosis is caused by a calcium deficiency. But no. When I refer to MDs as idiots, this is why. An oversight like this is on par with an automobile mechanic telling someone that the air conditioning in their Lexus doesn't work simply because the car is old, and then recommending that they manage the problem by driving around in the summer with a giant block of ice on the passenger seat. As a cover for this colossal ignorance, every MD in the world will tell every patient in the world that osteoporosis is a genetic disease. When the average Joe on the street hears the term genetic, he automatically feels an intellectually inadequate, and instead of challenging his MD about it, he backs down, wrongfully assumes that the MD must know what they were talking about, and takes the MD at his word. Okay, 
So now Carmela is on hydrochlorothiazide and Boniva, has one fake knee, and still has multiple nutrient deficiencies, especially calcium. Three years into the Boniva prescription, Carmela's face fell off because her jaw rotted away as a side effect of the Boniva. She had to have expensive plastic surgery and an artificial jaw was attached to her skull. The surgery created a lot of pain, which her MD managed with an OxyContin prescription. One year later, Carmela stumbles when walking to the kitchen because of the OxyContin that she can't stop taking because it's so addictive has made her dizzy. She falls to the floor and fractures her hip. But wait a minute. She was taking Boniva to keep her bones strong, wasn't she? Didn't Sally Field tell me that Boniva would help my osteoporosis? Here's a little lesson in anatomy than physiology that your MD has forgotten. Our skeleton is, con is constantly regenerating itself. It does this by chewing up old bone with cells called osteoclasts and creating new bone with cells called osteoblasts. If someone is calcium deficient, their body will not be able to create any new bone because new bone is made out of calcium. But it can still chew up old bone tissue, and it does. This results in a net loss of bone tissue over time, resulting in osteoporosis. Boniva and Fosamax is a type of drug called bisphosphonate. It works by slowing down the process by which your body chews up old bone. This allows old bone to build up in your skeleton. This, increase in, uh, this is increases your bone density, but after three years, more or less, the old bone, because it is old bone, becomes just as brittle as the osteoporotic bone that you had in the first place. And your risk of fracture is high again. If you listen to the commercial for, for Boniva, Sally, starring Sally Field, she never says that Boniva makes her bones strong. She only says that it increases her bone density, which it does. Pretty tricky, right? <laughs> Gotta love that advertising. <laughs> Poor Carmella. Now she, has, now she is in the hospital again for hip surgery to fix the fracture. The pre-op blood work shows that in addition to everything else, she is now diabetic. Remember, this was caused by the high blood pressure medicine, the hydrochlorothiazide that she's been on for the last five years. Remarkably, she makes it through the surgery without dying, but now her quality of life is in the toilet because she is in constant pain from the three surgeries, has one fake knee, one fake jaw, one fake hip, is addicted to OxyContin, and now she has to figure out the whole blood sugar, what can I eat, insulin cal uh, calculation, and injection thing. Oh, I almost forgot. She still has multiple nutrient deficiencies, especially calcium. Seven years later, she's woken up in the middle of the night by excruciating pain. I mean, this pain was bad, right up there with the pain of childbirth. She dialed 911 and was taken to the ER in an ambulance. The MDs there, 55% of whom were addicted to opioid prescription meds, ran all kinds of expensive tests and found nothing wrong. This is because the drugs that they had become addicted to had begun to interfere with their process of logical thought. When an intern fresh out of med school took the time to ask Carmela a few smart questions, he and he correctly guessed that she was passing a kidney stone. An x-ray confirmed it. Not bad for a rookie. Guess what causes kidney stones? <laughs> My, but aren't you a quick study? <laughs> You're correct, a calcium deficiency. 
With a definitive diagnosis in hand, the senior MD at the ER, being addicted to OxyContin himself, simply advised Carmela to up her dose of OxyContin until the stone passed, which took four days. Having no experience whatsoever with addictive substances, Carmela had neither an understanding of the dangers of this drug nor of the nastiness of the addictive process in general. After day four of the increased OxyContin dose, once the kidney stone had passed, she had just kept taking the higher dose because if she didn't, she would start to feel like crap. Now she really was really addicted, but she did not know it, and you guessed it, she still had multiple nutrient deficiencies, especially calcium. Now, you may remember uh, a few sentences a little bit back, I mentioned that uh, 55% of uh, ER docs are addicted to opioid prescription drugs, and that is from a study in, in 2008 by Merlot, LJ, and MS Gold, Prescription Opioid Abuse and Dependence Among Physicians, Treatment and Hypothesis, Harvard Review of Psychiatry, page 16, and 181 to 194. So that's where you can find that study, but that's generally the case, that many, you know, over half of ER doctors are addicted to either alcohol or some sort of opioids. So whenever you go to the ER, the first thing you want to do is check the pupils of your doctor's eyes and make sure that they're not all screwed up. Anyway, back to the reading. 20 months later, Carmela started losing bladder control in the middle of the night when she was lying down in bed. Like a lemming racing over the cliff, again, she went straight to her MD's office. He gave her Detrol prescription and tells her that the bladder problem is genetic and is simply the result of aging, both of which are total lies. He doesn't explain how it can be true, how it can be both, and Carmela's too drugged out on OxyContin to ask an intelligent question. Her MD realizes that her OxyContin dose is higher than normal, but when he sees her chart and her history of three surgeries in the last five years and her age, now 62, he thinks to himself, she won't be much alive much longer, so why bother with it? That's just wonderful, isn't it? You know, these doctors care so much about you. In reality, Carmela's recent problem with bladder control was caused by degenerative disc disease in her spine, a nerve coming out of her mid-back that goes down to her bladder was being squished or impinged by her body weight every time she lay down at night because the padding that that disc usually gave was no longer there. The purpose of the disc is to cushion this nerve as it exits the spine, but now the disc had degenerated and become very thin, like a pillow that has lost its feathers. So Carmela lay down at night because there was no more cushion. The weight of her body pressed directly on the nerve that went to her bladder, making her urinate involuntarily. By the way, degenerative disc disease is caused by a chronic calcium deficiency, but I'm assuming you'd already guessed that. <laughs> Time goes by and eventually Carmela got another fake knee, another fake hip, and then she died from an overdose of morphine while in the hospital because, uh, recovering from her last surgical procedure. The last decade of her life had become little more than a revolving door to the hospital and a nightmare of fear, frustration, drugs, surgery, and pain. Her MDs, however, having extracted all the money that they possibly could from her, slept quite soundly through it all, having convinced themselves that they had delivered the very best care that money could buy. After all, how could anybody possibly hope to win a fight against a bad gene? If Carmela had come to see me, which is Dr. Glidden, or one of my colleagues, including myself, 
her nutrient deficiencies would have been taken care of the very first visit. Within four weeks, her hypertension would have cleared up, and within six months, her left knee would have, re, uh, would have rebuilt itself. She never would have developed kidney stones, osteoporosis, or degenerative disc disease. She would have avoided all of that pain and suffering, and the last two decades of her life would have been healthy ones. But because her insurance wouldn't cover the services of a naturopathic physician and the nat nutritional supplements which she would have needed to take to fix all of it would have cost her $195 a month out of pocket, she decided to go to her MD instead. Besides, he sat her down in his expensive office and told her that vitamins were ineffective, dangerous, unproven, and that naturopaths were quacks. He also told her that the whole damn thing was her fault in the first place as she was the one with the bad gene. Carmela's doctor violated her trust, either out of ignorance or out of malice. Neither is acceptable. Her treatments ruined the quality of her life and made a bad situation worse and worser and worsest. And let's not forget the incredible amount of money that this lifetime of misdirected MD medical care cost. The problem with, with health care in the U.S. is that it is not health care. It is MD-directed allopathic reductionist pharmaceutical centrist disease management. When sick and scared, average Americans do not get to choose between a homeopath, a naturopath, an acupuncturist, or an MD. They get to choose between MDA, MDB, or MDC. This is really no choice at all. And it is a recipe for disaster. And I can uh, clearly vouch for what he says in this uh, article or this uh, story because I had pretty much the same situation. You know, when I went to the doctor, like I said, I had gastric reflux or really bad heartburn, so much so that I'll, I'll, if I just drank water, it was like swallowing fire. And they put me on the proton pump inhibitors, which gave me relief of course you know no more burning sensation you know that's great and that's all they're trying to do they have no idea that the, what they're saying is totally backwards you know, like i said my doctor was clearly told me you're making too much stomach acid and unfortunately i was in so big a hurry to relieve myself of that pain i didn't have the sense to ask her, well how on earth could i be making too much of something i can see not making enough but too much no i don't that don't that don't get it but I didn't have the sense to ask that question. So, okay, doc, I took the pills and the problem went away for a while. But at the same time, then all of a sudden, because I was still suffering from a calcium magnesium deficiency, I start getting cramps in my legs all the time. And then I develop high blood pressure and nothing under the sun is helping it go down. And I don't want to take another drug. And I flat out refused. She kept saying, if you keep, if you come in here again, I'm going to put you on a drug. And I said, I won't take it. And I figured, well, I'm going to beat this myself, and I'm going to exercise my way out of the problem, which was another stupid thing that I picked up from, guess who, doctors. Yeah. Eat whole grains and exercise, and all your problems will be solved. No, all your problems are a bit worse. And I did that same thing. You know, I started, I got on my treadmill, and I started running, and I started doing all kinds of stuff. And I was sweating through all of it. And guess what? When you sweat, that's not just water. That sweat is a soup of all the nutrients you need to stay healthy. And if you're sweating them out and you're not putting them back in at the same or higher rate, guess what? More nutrient deficiency diseases develop. And that's what happened to me.
I ended up with, you know, high blood pressure. I was up 185 over 120 for like five or six years. Uh, could not get it down. My knees, you know, I developed uh, uh, osteoarthritis in my back and my knees and especially, especially my back first. And um, I started taking NSAID pain relievers to ease the, the, the pain in my back. It was so bad I couldn't bend over the sink in the morning and splash water on my face. Uh, putting on my shoes and socks was very, very painful and difficult. And uh, so I started taking these NSAID pain relievers and non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. Started taking them every single day, which is a stupid, stupid thing to do. You know, you see these commercials uh, on TV, you know, take just one to leave and your problems will be gone. Your pain will be gone for the whole day for 12 hours or whatnot. And they never say not to take them on a regular basis, just for short-term, once-in-a-while pain kind of thing. But on packaging, which nobody ever reads, it says don't take them continually. It's for, you know, onesie, twosie, once-in-a-while kind of stuff. But the commercials on TV indicate that the person that's going through the problem has chronic pain that they deal with all the time. And it alleges that people think that it's okay to take them daily when it's not. Now, when you read the stuff on the, on the packaging, again, which people never read, it says don't do that. But the commercials subliminally say do that. And what do you end up with? You end up with a situation where these people are taking these things every single day for the chronic pain that's caused by nutrient deficiencies. And guess what? And said pain relievers tend to eat cartilage, especially in the knees. <laughs> yeah. So I end up first with uh, back, you know, back pain from arthritis. And then all of a sudden my knees are bone on bone because I was taking drugs, over-the-counter drugs to deal with my pain in my back, which ate the cartilage out of my knees. And of course, I still have high blood pressure. And my doctor is still threatening to put me on um, medication for that and wants me to have surgery for my knees. And I, uh, 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 I'm keeping everything that God gave me. And luckily, in 2010, I get handed a, well, first I, get, I hear it in 1996. I was at a survival show uh, for Y2K. And somebody hands me a cassette tape called Dead Doctors Don't Lie by Dr. Joel Wallach. And uh, unfortunately, I, because I was working at the show, I didn't have time to stop and listen to it. So on the way home, I'm driving from Cleveland to Columbus, and I pop that little thing in the player in my truck and listen to it twice because it's about an hour long, and it's a two-hour drive. And I'll tell you what, it just changed my life. When I heard what he had to say about the 90 essential nutrients and how it's impossible to get them through eating food and you had to supplement and all this other stuff, Boy, I'll tell you what, it was it made so much sense I couldn't believe it. And that recording is available on my website, by the way. You can go there and listen to it right from the website. Um but uh it's just an amazing thing. It just made so much sense. And at that point I said, I gotta find this guy and his product line. And it took me a while. You know. <laughs> it was twenty ten before I finally found Dr. Wallach and I bought a bottle of plant dried minerals and really did it kind of half-heartedly because I wasn't in the pain then that I had, you know, gotten into later. But finally, by 2012, things had really gotten bad. I developed AFib, uh, 
where my heart was jumping around my chest like crazy. felt like I was trying out for the Olympic gymnastics team. And uh, I can remember one time I'm sitting in church and I decided to take my pulse and my heart would just stop beating. You know, it was beating along and then all of a sudden it would quit. And then a few seconds later, it would start back up again and then it would quit. And that's kind of scared me because <laughs> I knew that heartbeats are supposed to keep going all the time. And when it didn't, that was kind of unnerving. That's when I decided I didn't care what it took. I was going to get me my, uh, get my longevity products. And sure enough, I had been listening to Dr. Wallach on his radio shows, his dead doctor don't lie radio shows every day and heard him talking to so many people that had basically the same problems I did. So I started out with a couple of um, healthy bone and joint packs, which gave me the calcium and magnesium and all the stuff I needed to support healthy bones, joints, connective tissue, and that kind of stuff. And lo and behold, in 30 days, my blood pressure went from 185 over 120 to 99 over 77. My arthritis in my back the pain was totally gone. I had free range, complete range of motion again. No pain, no nothing. Um, let's see. I had sciatica, which hurt like crazy. And I'd be out in my barn carrying a bucket of water. And the next thing I you know, one of my knees would buckle and down. I went because of the pain from the sciatica. It went away. And virtually, you know, it's floaters in the eyes, sensitive teeth. Uh, there's a short list under the Who Am I tab at the very bottom of the page on my website. Um boatload of stuff that i got rid of in 30 days time it was just gone 90 days it took to rebuild my knees and i went from going up and down stairs with a crab walk kind of thing you know one step at a time to going up and down two steps at a time you know no problem and uh, it was like somebody just lift my head and drove a new body underneath it was absolutely amazing and it was all because of the nutrition that I finally got that I had never gotten in my entire life before that replaced the things that I was losing on a daily basis through sweat and, you know, just not knowing what was going on. So basically, um, you know, I'm kind of a, uh, a real life story of Carmella and what can happen if you take the right fork instead of the left fork <laughs> in the road. You know, she went the allopathic route and all those problems she developed and she died at what you know she was 62 and you know she was gone a year or two later well i'm 65 and i don't take any drugs i took my blood pressure yesterday is 120 over 80 right where it's supposed to be and uh, everything's good and i attribute that to two things number one well a couple of things number one i stopped eating the bad foods that dr wallach has listed as bad for us Number two, I take daily my 90 essential nutrients. And number three, I've added in the Itericare devices, both the wand and the bio. And those things provide my body the uh, terahertz frequencies that they use to basically maintain good health. And where most people, you know, I, I was just at church last night in a men's prayer meeting and uh, one of the guys there is in his 50s and he's recovering or trying to recover from a really bad brain tumor 
that could have been reversed with nutrition. And I tried to talk to him about it, and he went the doctor's route because they are so good at scaring the living crap out of people. If you don't do exactly what I say, you're going to die. And his son, who's half my, less than half my age, 31 years old, just had surgery for thyroid cancer. They removed his thyroid, and supposedly, you know, they claim they got everything, of course, which is never the case because when you cut out a tumor, that's nothing more than a symptom of the cancer, which is throughout your body uh, because it's a, com- it's a nutrient deficiency disease. He's eating the wrong foods and not supplementing, and his body is responding in the way many bodies do where the cells mutate and become cancerous. And there's no doubt in my mind that down the road, he's probably going to have other things pop up too. And he has unfortunately fallen into the trap of essential oils, which are, there's nothing wrong with essential oils other than the fact that people that play with essential oils are programmed to think that they're the be all end all, that they can fix everything. And unfortunately, if they can, I have yet to see anybody who's done it with that. And uh, it's it's a shame because they believe so much in those things, they won't listen to anything else. And the fact is, essential oils are nothing more than plant medicines. They're like natural versions of the hydrochlorothiazide and, you know, metformin and injectable insulin and all the other junk that MDs put you on. It's just a natural form from a plant that is something you use because you don't know any better to deal with a nutrient deficiency disease. You know, your, your problem's not caused by a lack of hydrochlorothiazide and your high blood pressure is not caused by a lack of some essential oil. It's caused by a lack of calcium and magnesium. So why not just skip all those other things and go right to the fuel that's designed to take care of the problem? the nutrition if you if your problem's caused by a lack of some nutrient put the nutrient back don't deal with some other thing like oils or you know whatever else you know the junk that you hear advertised you know oh we got this herbal thing well guess what herbals more plant medicines yeah i i firmly believe that uh you know uh, essential oils are great but they're they're band-aids It's something you put on for the short term to deal with something quickly. But the real solution is nutrition. So, you know, if you're going to use the the essential oils, use them as an adjunct, you know, as a short-term stopgap to ease the problem until the nutrition kicks in and does its job. You know, I have lots and lots of, of essential oils. Longevity is, you know, has one of the best lines of essential oils out there. And I've got a bunch of them but I hardly ever use them because the nutrition works so well. I don't need them for anything. I just have them just in case, you know, you get a burn, throw on some, uh, uh, crap, brain freeze, uh, happens to me all the time when I think of burns, but there's a, um, shoot, it's from a flower, lavender, lavender oil. Um, there was a case one time where a guy was in a lab and he burned his hand real bad and stuck it into a beaker of what he thought was water, but it was actually lavender oil. And in no time, the pain ended and the healing began. And in no time at all, his hand was back to normal with no scarring or anything. 
uh, let, you know, oils have great, you know, do great things for great uh, situations, but you know, that's one place where it works, you know, a trauma case, but for chronic issues, it's a stopgap until the nutrition can kick in. So that's something to keep in mind. You know, anytime somebody says, oh, you need to use this oil. Well, maybe, maybe not. But if they're recommending an oil, chances are there's a nutrient that's missing that needs to be put back in to really fix the problem. So it goes away so you don't have to keep doing the oils. But um, that gives you a little bit of an idea where things are. And that reminds me, just to give an example, I want to play a recording here. Um, I think it's from like 2012, if I remember right. Um, have to make this bigger. And I've got a somewhere. How did I get down there? Um, hmm. Have to scroll through my list of my, uh, whatchamacallits here. Oh, man. There we go. Let's see if I can find the right one. Um, this will give you an idea how the difference between what can happen when you're using. Here we go. This is the bright side uh, with um, its radio show with uh, pharmacist Ben Fuchs, August 8th of 2013. And he's interviewing Patrick Valdez, who's a uh, retired military person who um, he met at a longevity convention who had stage four pancreatic cancer and how he got rid of it. And remember, this is 2013, 10 years ago, and Patrick Valdez is still alive today. Something that if he had continued working with MD would not be the case. So here is uh, Ben Fuchs inter interviewing Patrick Valdez about his uh, pancreatic cancer. And now on Testimonial Tuesday, we're going to hear it uh -oh. from the horse's mouth from now on every Tuesday. Let's get to the right one for some reason. I am pleased and honored to welcome our guest, Command Sergeant Major Patrick T. Valdez, retired. Patrick Valdez, uh, I met uh, I met Command Sergeant Valdez at the Longevity Convention a couple months ago, back at the end of April. And he had such an amazing story about cancer and about uh, about nutritional supplementation that I thought it would make a great, great testimony and some compelling radio. I wanted to have uh, uh, Patrick on the radio so you guys could hear his story. Welcome to the program. Pat, how you doing, buddy? That's a great day. How are you? Can I, I'm doing well. Can I call you Pat? Absolutely. Okay, good. So uh, you have an amazing story. Cut to the chase. Tell us about it, uh, the colon cancer first, and then also about the uh, knee. Okay. Well, let me or, or actually, first of all, Patrick, tell the folks about your background, your military okay. background. I spent 33 years in the Army, um, active in reserve, uh, stationed overseas several times, Europe, uh, Korea, uh, two trips to uh, Kuwait and Iraq. Uh, great career. I love my career. I was able to uh, do a lot of really good things for our country. I worked with some great people. Uh, one of the things that happened to me in Iraq was, uh, I was injured, not wounded by the enemy. I was injured and had some orthopedic issues, uh, knees, shoulder, lower back. I spent almost four years in the Wounded Warrior Program at Fort Carson. Uh, we call it the WTU, a Warrior Transition Unit. Uh, graduated out of that, basically. The doc said, you're as good as you're going to get. You're an old guy. Uh, we'll retire. 
So I survived that and I had to have my knee replaced, uh, two surgeries in the shoulder, 18 procedures on my back, um, moving on with life. And then um, I went to the VA to talk to my primary care provider, told her about an issue with uh, chronic diarrhea, which is not the most pleasant subject. And she said, you know, let me check. I'll have to run some labs and we're going to do an ultrasound. And that's when, that's when my life changed. Uh, I was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Uh, by the Salt Lake uh, City uh, VA Hospital and uh, sent over to the Huntsman Cancer Institute, which is a fantastic uh, hospital. Both hospitals treated me very well. And through all the the biopsies, multiple biopsies, 10 hours of MRI and um, CT scans um, combined to verify how big it was, Found out there were four of them uh, inside my uh, my pancreas. Uh, I was scheduled to have a, a Whipple procedure. If you're familiar with that, is they basically rip your guts out, uh, remove the cancerous part of your uh, your, your uh, pancreas, and put everything back together. And six months later, you resume your, your normal life. Uh, luckily for me, uh, we didn't do that. Uh, we, my wife. Donna said, let's go after this naturally. Let's find, let's let the body heal itself. And if you look at who's had pancreatic cancer and died, and one of the richest men on earth, Steve Jobs. Yeah. And it's, he, it's he notoriously died deadly, it. notoriously deadly pancreatic cancer and quickly. Well, the one statistic that was given was 5% lived beyond five years. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's, those aren't good numbers. So, um, we went after it with essential oils. We went after it with a diet change, a very dramatic diet change. Um, I learned to love asparagus. For the first month, I ate nothing but asparagus. I was able to introduce um, onions and garlic and stuff like that to flavor it because I was, psychologically, I was going crazy because I was trying to eat the same thing over and over. And what supplements did you use? Well, here, here's the deal. We started with some um, essential oils and... Uh, we, we used uh, uh, a, a blue spruce. We used uh, frankincense, and we upped my um, my enzymes because of the because of the masses uh, in my pancreas. My digestive system was all out of whack. That's what caused initially. That's what caused the uh, chronic diarrhea. Um, so my enzymes were off. So we supplemented with enzymes and. We removed anything that was acidic from the diet in, in the life, uh, no sugar, and we basically starved it. Um, we started on the product halfway through the, the journey. What do you and, mean by the product, Patrick? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. We started with uh, using the, the 94 Life Pack uh, halfway through this whole journey, and we upped up the supplemented also with selenium and uh uh, Dr. Schrauser is, um, he, he's my hero. Um, Schrauser is amazing. Gerhard Schrauser, brilliant man, brilliant man. Uh, uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so, um, got on the product and the masses were already getting smaller because of the diet change. The Huntsman Cancer Institute, the doctor there said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Um, at the time when this, when this started, I was still on a lot of heavy narcotics uh, from my, my injuries. 
And uh, we stopped all those. We stopped taking Ambien. Um, if you remember back in, at the convention, uh, I call Ambien Satan's drug. Because you, it, it, it removes your ability to think, makes you forget that way it allows you to sleep, rest better. But it also, it shuts you down. And things just don't matter. And, and things that are important don't matter. Even during the day? Even during the day. I, had a, I, I wouldn't really come clean, conscious thought until about 10, 11 in the morning. I even started taking them earlier. I was, I got to the point I was supposed to take them at nine at night, and then I got to the point I was taking them at seven. But it still wasn't until 10, 11. Wow. I was, uh, I was able to form good thought, knew what was going on. So, we um, got a couple minutes here, Patrick. Uh, so, we, tell us how, wound up, how you wound up. Uh, went back into a follow-up with, with uh, the Huntsman, and uh, my doctor ordered another biopsy and ultrasound and a new imaging. We did all that, and she came back with tears in her eyes, and she said, I don't get to say this very often. You're cancer-free. That's pretty darn amazing. That's pretty Your lab supported, images supported. I love it. Hello, that is an amazing story. Now, how about the knee? The knee, I had to have the knee replaced, and it fell, and very painful, couldn't walk downhill, uh, couldn't go downstairs, uh, very painful. I had to go downstairs, I had a, I had a crab, walk sideways, um, the patella would roll off, and I would fall. I didn't do it right. Uh, on the 90th life pack, taking glucogel liquid, glucogel uh, caplets, and um, continue taking, I'm still taking the selenium, taking everything I, I started with. And then one day at work, one of the guys said, hey, what's wrong with you? I'm walking down a long flight of stairs. He goes, I go, nothing. He goes, because you're not walking sideways. And I didn't even realize it. Yeah. And I ran up to the top of the stairs and walked down again, and it was still a little tender. It wasn't perfect. Um, I was able to go hiking. uh, uh uh, Mount Ben Loman is here north of, uh, of Ogden, and I walked two hours up it, didn't have any problem, two hours coming back, didn't have any problem. Uh, but the knee, uh, because I hadn't been hiking, I did the next morning have some uh, pain, I would say, just because I'm 54, um, and hadn't hiked in a while. But uh, the knee feels good. I don't have any problems anymore. Uh, is it perfect? No, but uh, it definitely beats where I was at. Hey, I, yeah, I, I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Pat. And, and, and I owe all that to uh, Doc Wallach, and I owe that to uh, uh, Glucogel. I really do. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Hey, Patrick, somebody's, what would you say to somebody who's on the bubble, on the fence? They're, they want to go to their doctor. They're thinking about going to their doctor, but they're a little bit hesitant. They might want to supplement. What would you tell people? I would say, first of all, get away from your doctors unless you have a traumatic injury. All right, they're a great place to, to get labs done. That's about it, because they're just going to sell you more pharmaceuticals. And you, you've seen my my list of pharmaceuticals. Right, right. I hate them. So I, I say try the product. Listen to Doc Wallach. Um, I'm not beating the drum because I'm some kind of zombie. I'm beating the drum because I know it works. That's I awesome. know it works.
Thank you so much, Patrick. And you know what, folks, everybody out there listening, it's not just Patrick. This is the testimony of the human body. This is what we are capable of. There's a built-in healing process, as we talk about every day on the bright side. It's a built-in healing mechanism. It is divinely inspired. The body can heal itself, but it has to have the raw materials to do its work. God bless, Patrick. Thank you so much, Command Sergeant Major Patrick T. Valdez. Okay, and there's another one I want to play. Um, if I can find it here. Um, yeah, this is Dr. Peter Glidden interviewing uh, Michelle in july of 2012 and she had thyroid cancer uh this is another interesting situation here we go if i can get it to play you've heard the testimonials you've heard me talk about it Uh, you've heard me talk a blue streak about the wonders of medical nutrition well fasten your seat belts because i've got another heavy hitter for you i'm very very happy to introduce to you a woman from the great state of North Carolina. Her name is Michelle, and she has her own radio station down there in North Carolina. She just debuted a couple of weeks ago. This is how impactful this message is because radio stations just want to pick it up. They're sucking this stuff up like water to a dry sponge. Michelle is here with us. She's going to give her us her testimony about medical nutrition. Michelle, thanks so much for calling. You are live with Dr. Glidden. Are you here? Yes, I am. Thank you for having me. All right. It's always a pleasure. So, first of all, bring the listening audience up to speed with your uh, brief little overview of your health history before Dr. Wallach. Okay. Before Dr. Wallach, I had been, I was a truck driver at the time. I got fired from my job. (laughs) That's another story. But um, I was a truck driver at the time and driving my truck one particular day. And as I turned my head to the left, it would cut my air off. I didn't know what it was. It was to the point of almost, almost making me pass out. So I continued to drive, but didn't think nothing about it because, you know, I, I, I never experienced anything like that, but I thought I was okay. So I just kept driving, turned my head to the left, almost passed out. So I just said, forget it. I'm driving over to my doctor's office to find out what's really going on. My doctor, her name was Dr. Crank. She took a needle. She saw what I didn't see. She took a needle went inside my neck, took out a biopsy sample. Sent it to the lab 15 minutes, I had the results back. I had cancer. Hmm. It was a, a swollen gorter is what she called it. Yeah, so that's um, cancer. So for the that. listening audience, that's cancer of the thyroid gland, which is one of the master endocrine glands, and it's right underneath your Adam's apple in your throat. Okay, so now you've got, holy smokes, thyroid cancer. What'd they do? Yeah, so... A month later, this was back in 2003, so it goes like this. 2003, I had thyroid cancer. I had the surgery and the radiation. They removed my thyroid. 2008, the cancer came back, spread it over to my left nose. Now, I'm mad, you know, but that I had the surgery and the radiation. They did a radical neck dissection. They went in and removed half of my neck. Stitched it up. I got a scar coming from the back of my ear, up under my chin, from the side of my face down to my collarbone. So they really went in on me. Um, they removed it. They said I was fine. You know, don't worry. We got it all. You know, just go on with your life. You're good. 2011, it came back, spread it to the inside of my skin right behind the second scar. So my doctor said, oh, it's spreading aggressive. We got to get in there and get it out. No, you're not going back in my neck anymore. I'm tired of y'all cutting on me. All of the lies you're telling me. I'm not doing it anymore. I can't do it anymore. 
The next time I would have a surgery, they would probably paralyze me. So I didn't want to do it. So I took a couple of days to think about it. And at that time, I was driving a truck, um, flipping through the radio stations in the truck. Just so happens it was a show on talking about Young Jeffy. Well, at the time, I didn't even know it was Young Jeffy. They were talking about the product. It was saying how it does this for diabetes, how it does that for um, high blood pressure and arthritis, but they never said anything about cancer. So I kept calling that radio station over and over and over again until I got somebody. <laughs> Finally, they said that it was a promotional thing and Dr. Wallace was coming to town and that I should go over there and ask all my questions to, to them because they weren't the experts. They didn't know any answers to the questions that I had. So I made my way to go see Dr. Wallace. Well, the seminar lasted. You know how Dr. Wallace does. He takes it to the limit. It lasts about, what, maybe two and, a, two and a half hours maybe for a seminar. I sat there patiently, and uh, at the end they do questions and answers. At this time, they were passing the microphone around through the crowd. A lot of sick people there. Everybody wanted help. So it was packed. The place was packed. I was sitting way over to the right-hand side in the front. Passing the microphone around, it never made it to my side of the room. At that time, it was maybe 11.45 at night. Dr. Wallace was getting tired. You can see it. You know, he was getting tired. And, you know, he had been up there for almost three hours, three and a half hours, just answering questions and you know, doing a whole seminar, everything amounted to maybe three and a half hours. So he said, okay, we're going to take one more question, and the microphone was way on the other side of the room. So after that question, he was packing up his stuff up there on top of the stage. And I just said, either I'm going to sit here and be desperate, anxious. I mean, I was sweating. I was so excited. I wanted to, you know, I, I needed to say something to him. I was so desperate that I needed answers, you know, so I just pushed all that to the, to the side, and I just ran up on the stage. And I said, Dr. Wallet, please, I need your help. I've had cancer several times. What can you do for me? Please help me. What can you do for me? So he looked at me, because he wasn't going to answer any more questions. He looked at me, backed up. He said, okay, young lady, you need a healthy start pack. You need Celsius, RTQ, selenium, and you need to get your antioxidants over 100,000 every single day. Now, mind you, my doctor has never told me anything, and I've never heard about anybody talking about any product that would do anything for cancer. So I said, Dr. Wallach, how am I going to do that? He said, just take what I told you and go with it. And before I left, he said, okay, when you do this protocol, do it for at least 60 days. You're going to see something, whether it's good or bad. He didn't want to give me any kind of, you know, just, he just wanted me to just go ahead and do it, just start on it, just do the protocol. So, I, you know, I went back to my doctor because I was skeptical, went back to my doctor, got an ultrasound. The ultrasound let me know that my cancer was the size of a quarter and you could see it spreading. So I started on Dr. Wallace's protocol, did it faithfully, 60 days, did just what he told me to do, didn't miss a beat, took it around the same time every single day, did everything that he asked me to do. I went back for the second ultrasound. The ultrasound let me know that my cancer shrunk from the quarter size down to the size of a piece. And the only thing that I was taking at that time was Synthroid because I don't have a thyroid anymore. And then the protocol that Dr. Wallace gave me. So I was so hyped that it was working. My doctor couldn't even reverse anything that I had been going through, nothing. And it just kept coming back. So I started doing what Dr. Wallace told me to do. Again, I wanted to wait the 60 days, but I was too excited to wait 60 days. I did it for five weeks. I went back, got a third ultrasound. The cancer was unrecognizable in my body. 
You could not find cancer anywhere just because of what Dr. Wallace told me to do. So my doctor looked at me and said, so what are you doing anyway, Michelle? You know, tell me what you're doing. So I went to my car, got a brochure of what Dr. Wallace told me to do, gave it to my doctor. He looked at it, flipped it over back and forth. He said, no way, this couldn't work. But when I left, when I came, uh, when I went home, checked my downline, you know, just to see, you know, who's doing progress in my organization with longevity because when it starts shrinking, I jumped into the business because I wanted to help anybody that needed help. You cannot judge a book by its cover and by looking at me, you would never know that I had cancer. Hallelujah. So I jumped in the organization and I started working the business. As soon as I saw it was shrinking, I jumped in the business and started, you know, doing things to help other people. Guess who's in my downline? Guess who had just signed up? Guess who ordered some products? The doctor. Guess who's keeping me paid every month? My doctor. My doctor orders a healthy start pack every single month. But he told me, no, these products don't work. You can't be taking that. That's not true. That doesn't work. Yeah. But he's ordering a healthy start pack every single month. He... I went back. I asked him. I said, are you ordering products you know, from uh, Young Jeopardy? He said, no. I said, you know what, I don't need you anymore. You were useless then and you're useless now. Thank you for what you've done, but no thanks for what you've done. You know, well, and I left there and I hadn't been back to him since. Dr. Well, Wallach is my position. Now, how long ago was that? How long ago was it unrecognizable? How many years? It hasn't been years. I started this protocol back in November. <clears throat> so it's no about kidding. what, seven months, six or seven months Son since I did that? And now, and what else happened? You've had... That's unbelievable, right? Now, you've had something else. Was there a little bit of weight loss going on here? What, what oh, happened man, there? Let me talk about I'm telling you, Young Jeopardy is so awesome that they came out with a, a weight loss product called ASAP. All right, we got, we got 50 seconds, ASAP. girl. Line it up. Okay, I found out about, I found out about ASAP at the, at the convention. Got some brochures, started passing them around, but I had to be a product of the product in order to know that it worked. So I've been on ASAP since May 9th, and I've lost all 40 pounds. In less than two months, July 9th will make two months. I've lost 40 pounds in two months, in less than two months. And I'm still on it because I'm trying to get down to 160 by my birthday, July the 13th. Ladies and gentlemen, now you know why we do what we do. And if you're not grinning from ear to ear and crying at the same time, you're just not paying attention. Thank you, Michelle. Your testimony so is welcome. awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. There's more to come. I'm Dr. Peter Glidden, and this is your lucky day. Yeah, we'll stop that. <laughs> that was just uh, in my uh, playlist. It, it automatically goes from one um, track to another. And uh, was playing the next one. A couple really good testimonies, though, how um, using science-based clinically verified medical nutrition, two people that had cancer, one was a terminal a very aggressive terminal type of cancer. Pancreatic is one of the nastiest forms of cancer out there. And, you know, the doctors are saying, there's not much we can do for you. Go home, get your affairs in order. And he switches over to longevity and boom, can't beat that. And look what Michelle went through, half her neck cut away. <laughs> and, uh, you know, yep, we got it, we got it, we got it. And it comes back every time. That's because the tumor isn't the cancer. The tumor is only a symptom. Cancer is throughout your body. It's a systemic system where you're nutrient deficient 
and just certain areas will and individual people are more uh, prone to mutation than others and it's going to start somewhere but when they cut out that gland or that organ or just a tumor in that area that's not getting the cancer it's just triggering it even more so and within two to five years you're going to have it somewhere else and it's going to be even more aggressive so you know it's unfortunate that so many people have been brainwashed to believe that every time they get a hangnail they need to go to the md the propaganda campaign uh through media especially you know look our entire lives, you know, when I started out, it was Ben Casey, you know, um, some of the other, Dr. Kildare, boy, there's an old one, um, oh goodness, um, you had, uh, what was it, Marcus Welby, MD, and then Trapper John, MD, <laughs> take off of, uh, MASH, um, Dr. Quinn, medicine woman, you have all these shows on TV, that are all geared towards going to the MD. And why is that? Well, they work together. You know, the, the big advertisers, you know, on TV during non-election years, the biggest advertising dollars come from Big Pharma. So they naturally run TV shows where the what do you want to call it? The hero of the day is the doctor solving the case. And, you know, oh, yeah, put him on corticosteroids and he'll be fine in a week. You know, all this crap, you know, house. <laughs> um, they have all these things that are, you know, big mysteries. And then the doctor steps in and figures it out and puts them on a drug and they're good to go for life and they're happy. That's how those shows all go. But they don't do that in real life. But on TV, people are led to believe that's what happens. So when they come down with some chronic, nasty, nutrient deficiency disease, instead of going to someone who has a clue, like a naturopath or a homeopath or a longevity distributor, they go to someone who's totally clueless and totally incapable of reversing their condition. And all they do is put them on a drug that masks the symptoms for years and years and years and probably has even worse side effects that are going to be worse than the condition they originally started taking the drug for in the first place. Does that make sense? Is that the kind of life you want to have? You know, if I had stuck with my physician, if I was still alive, I would probably be one of those people with a little plastic container sitting on my kitchen table Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday with all, you know, I'd have to have two or three of those things to hold all the drugs I was taking. And my life would be crap. And my dreams would have been shot because one of my biggest dreams is to get a sailing catamaran and sail around the world. And when you're hooked to your MD and your pharmacist, you can't do things like that. There's no way I, you could be at sea for months and months at a time, not have access to your doctor and your, your witch doctor and your drug pusher. There's no way you could do something like that. Right now, the only thing that's stopping me is money, so it's hopefully my investments will pay off soon and I'll be able to get rolling on that thing. 
but um, you know, it's not physical health. And that's the thing. So many people are, you know, they get to their retirement and their health is so bad that even if they have the money, they can't do what they want to do. You know, you can take a short trip. <laughs> oh, I can take a cruise for a week to Alaska or something. Yeah, that's no problem. But try getting on a boat and going out and being out in the middle of nowhere in the Pacific for months at a time. Can't do that. Or whatever you want to do that requires time away from so-called civilization. You know, how about hiking the Appalachian Trail? That's something I always wanted to do, too. Um, not saying I'm not going to, but probably not, you know, things have changed, but, uh, generally you start in Georgia and hike all the way to Maine over 2000 miles. And it's usually done. You start in the spring and finish up in the fall. And I'll tell you what, that would be fun to do. See a lot of great country. But right now, I've already been around that area. I've, I've hiked the entire width of the uh, Appalachian Trail. I got a T-shirt to prove it. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, hiking the width of it only takes a few seconds. Hiking the length takes months. Um, but right now, I'd rather sail around the world and see a whole bunch of different countries and that kind of thing. And, die, you know, swim with sharks and manta rays and whales and things like that but that's something you can't do if you're tethered to your md and your uh, drug pusher you know in, one, in many cases one and the same but these folks michelle and patrick valdez boy they uh they knocked it out and uh, you can too you just have to be able to think outside the box don't be programmed to thinking that you have to go to the md medical deity the misdirected mad dog because given half a chance they'll kill you and they'll sleep great at night thinking because they're programmed that way in medical school nothing better than them you know the, the funny thing is is the american the people of this country spend two-thirds of the world's health care budget and i'm using air quotes when i say health care Two-thirds of the money spent on health care are spent in the United States. And you would think if we spend two-thirds of money that we would have the absolute best system available. And we don't. You know, we're 42nd in infant mortality. Countries like Cuba and Estonia, people giving birth there have a better chance of having their baby live a year than people in the U.S., that's crazy. We don't have the longest life expectancy. Japan does. And people in Japan smoke cigarettes like chimneys and eat all the bad foods. And they still manage to live longer than we do. Imagine that. Now, I've mentioned the bad foods a couple of times. And uh, people are like, what the heck are the bad foods? Well, there are 12 bad foods. And... Just for the fun of it, since I haven't done this in a while either, I'm going to play a little video that talk about that. And this is by my buddy, Dr. Peter Glidden, who's a naturopath with right now probably 32, 33 years worth of clinical experience. 
He works very closely with Dr. Wallach. And um, I will uh, share this on uh, the um, screens on both Jitsi and um, uh, free conference call. So you can watch along. But here is actually, let me do this on YouTube. So it will be a bigger image. And huh, this is pretty good. You know, one of the things that he's going to be talking about in the bad foods is oils and what shows up as an ad. So I'm going to go back to my uh, screen where I'm showing the actual video uh, for olive oil. Imagine that. So here's the good food, bad food diet by Dr. Peter Glidden. So here it is, the list of the 12 bad foods that I don't want anyone to look at, let alone eat. Are you ready? By the way, this is the last time that you will like me. Wheat, barley, rye, oats. That's right, whole grains. Wheat, barley, rye, and oats. Bad dog, no biscuit. Oil in a bottle, fried food. Meat cooked well done. Meat that has nitrates added as preservatives. The skins of baked potatoes, yams, sweet potatoes, a carbonated beverage with a meal, carbonated beverages with a meal, I don't care if it's Perrier, sparkling water, beer, uh, club soda, or champagne. If it has bubbles in it, do not drink it with a meal. Soy and corn. That's right, soy and corn. These foods are bad bad for the human body and if you eat these foods it's only a matter of time until the net negative effects that they generate in your body add up and something breaks very much like the straws that broke the camel's back if you unwittingly consume food that's hurting your body every single day it's only a matter of time until something goes wrong one of the biggest myths that's persistent in the popular culture of the 21st century is the myth of the whole grain. Wheat, barley, rye, and oats contain a protein called gluten. And gluten is bad for most human beings. Why? Because the gluten molecule is a protein. A protein made of amino acids which are daisy-chained together. And amino acids are essential nutrients. The body needs them, can't make them. Amino acids are essential for health. It's the job of your stomach to break apart the amino acids <clears throat> inside the gluten protein, liberating the amino acids, giving your body access to the amino acids that make up gluten. But the chemical bonds that hold the amino acids together inside of the gluten protein are very difficult, if not impossible, for your stomach acid to digest. Now most people have weak stomach acid anyway, and this just compounds, exaggerates the factor. So most people, when they swallow wheat, barley, rye, or oats, the gluten protein becomes undigested. And instead of individual amino acids entering into the small intestine to be absorbed into the bloodstream, you get long chains of intact, c 
connected amino acids. And when your small intestine attempts to absorb the undigested long chains of amino acids, that causes a lot of problems. The tissue in the intestinal tract, which is responsible for absorbing nutrients, becomes damaged. It's kind of like if a vacuum cleaner with a bristle brush is trying to vacuum up a string of pearls, the string of pearls is going to jam up the gears. But if the bristle vacuum attempts to uh, suck up individual pearls on the carpet, it can do that no problem. Similar circumstance here in the small intestine, which leads to life's, one of life's greatest ironies. Consistent consumption of whole grains will hurt you. Not only does it hurt you directly by damaging tissue in the body, but it hurts you indirectly because the tissue that it damages is responsible for absorbing nutrients. The more whole grains you eat, the less able your body is to absorb nutrients into the bloodstream. And because all chronic diseases are directly related to nutrient deficiencies, the more whole grains you eat, the more likely you are to suffer with a chronic disease. Wheat, barley, rye, and oats. Stop eating them now. Next on the list, oil and fried food. Oil oxidizes. If you look at an olive oil bottle, a canola oil bottle, a flaxseed bottle, any type of oil in a bottle, between the top of the oil and the top of the bottle there's an air gap. Air contains oxygen and as the oil sits in the bottle it is becoming oxidized. The longer it's in the bottle the more oxidized it becomes and when you pour that oil onto a cooking surface, a fry pan or a wok, for instance, you heat the oil, it oxidizes within minutes. When you introduce an oxidized substance into the human body, you create inflammation. Inflammation, low levels of low-grade constant inflammation, which, again, like the straws that broke the camel's back, add up, add insult to injury, and it's only a matter of time until your system can't handle that anymore and something breaks. When you fry food, this process becomes accelerated remarkably. Oil heated in a fryolator <clears throat> creates a molecule in the food which is fried called acrylamide. So when you deep fry a piece of chicken, deep fry a potato, deep fry anything that has a protein in it, acrylamide is formed. What's wrong with acrylamide? Well, I thought you might never ask. It's carcinogenic. Now, when you look at a map in the, of the United States, county by county of life expectancies, the people in the United States that have the shortest life expectancies live in the South, the old Confederate South. They have the same doctors, the same education, the same water, the same hospitals, the same everything that everybody else in the United States has. So why do they have the shortest life expectancies? I'll tell you why. Because in the United States, in the South, below the Mason-Dixon line, fried food is a religion. Fried food for breakfast, fried food for lunch, fried food for dinner. It's just part of the cultural ethos. The more fried food you eat, the shorter your life will be because you're introducing cancer-causing substances, inflammatory-causing substances into your body all of the time. 
and that's not a good idea. I know that Dr. Oz told you to drink olive oil. Dr. Oz is a medical doctor trained in cardiovascular surgery. If you are attempting to understand the meat and potatoes of medical nutrition, no oil in a bottle. That means no salad dressing, no cooking oil, certainly no fried food. I don't even want you to be downwind of fried food. Eliminate them completely. On salads, you can use vinegar, you can use lemon juice, you can use salt and pepper. And now at health food stores, you can find salad dressing, which is oil-free. And if you'd like to cook something in a fry pan, no harm, no foul, use butter or lard. Not Crisco. Lard is rendered animal fat, rendered goose fat, rendered duck fat, rendered pork fat, rendered beef fat. Like the French, cook with lard, cook with butter. Use salt, live long, and prosper. Next on the list, red meat cooked well done. You will read research every once in a while that relates directly the consumption of red meat to higher incidences of of cancer, especially colon cancer. Well, our argument is it's not the meat. It's what's in the meat or how the meat is cooked. When you cook red meat well done, done. You cook it through and through. A chemical is created called a heterocyclic amine. And heterocyclic amines cause inflammation and cancer. If you cook red meat rare or medium rare, there are less heterocyclic amines. So cancer-causing substances, it only makes sense, are smart things to stay away from. If you are a meat lover, a meat eater, then cook your meat rare or medium rare. And if you use a grill, wrap it in aluminum foil because the grill marks on the steak are not only carbon, but they're heterocyclic amines. So avoid that noise and optimize the structure and function of your body moving forward. It's not the meat, it's how it's cooked or what's in it. Which leads us to the next thing on the list, meat that has nitrates added as preservatives. Deli ham, deli turkey, bacon, pepperoni, sausage. There are a lot of meats which the butcher injects nitrates into to keep the meat looking nice and red in the deli case. Only problem with nitrates, when they're heated, they turn into a chemical called a nitrosamine, which is carcinogenic. So our recommendation, avoid meat that's been uh, injected with nitrates. This is easier than you think if you shop at Whole Foods. All the meat that's available in a Whole Foods marketplace is nitrate-free. If you have a local butcher, tell your butcher that you have an allergy to nitrates. You don't, but if your butcher thinks you're allergic to it, then he will make sure the meat that he or she sells you will be nitrate-free. No nitrates, no cancer, no inflammation. Get it? Got it? Good. Next on the list, the skins of baked potatoes, yams, or sweet potatoes. You know when the skins get nice and crispy because they're twice baked or thrice baked, right? Well, the skin of the potato, when it gets crunchy and crispy like that, is loaded by virtue of the heating process with heterocyclic amines. Heterocyclic amines now you know cause cancer and inflammation. So 
if you want to eat a potato, a baked, uh, a yam or a sweet potato that has a crispy crust, crispy skin, don't eat the skin. You can eat the potato part, but not the skin. If you'd like to eat the skin, then you can boil the potato, yam or sweet potato, or put them in a crock pot. When the skin is uh, crunchy and crispy, you must not eat it. I mean, if you breathed in asbestos every day, it's only a matter of time until you get mesothelioma, right? If you work in a coal mine without a mask, it's only a matter of time until you get black lung. So stop eating food that's gumming up the works. Stop eating food that's hurting you. And you're going to go a long way towards supporting and promoting your body's ability to fix itself. Carbonated beverage with a meal. Why is that, Dr. Glidden? Well, the bubbles in your carbonated beverage. By the way, I don't care if it's beer, champagne, uh, soda water, uh, Perrier, sparkling water, uh, ginger ale, soda pop, anything at all that has bubbles in it, the bubbles are carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide has an interesting property. It reduces acidity. It neutralizes acids. Carbon dioxide neutralizes acids. So when you drink something with bubbles in it during a meal, you're neutralizing the stomach acid in your stomach. And this is not a good idea. In a healthy stomach, your stomach acid should be so strong that if you chopped off a finger and swallowed it, your stomach would digest it down to the bone. Your stomach is a bag of acid. The stronger the acid, the better. But when you drink a carbonated beverage before, immediately before or during a meal, you impede the digestive process of the stomach by neutralizing the stomach acid. Most people have weak stomach acid anyway, because in order to have strong stomach acid, you must be salting your food liberally. Your body needs the chloride that's in the salt to make strong hydrochloric acid. And you also need calcium in order to have the acid squirted into the stomach from the chief cells in the stomach. Chief cells make the hydrochloric acid and they squirt them out into the stomach. If you're calcium deprived, deficient in the trace mineral calcium, the introduction of hydrochloric acid into the stomach will be compromised. Now, most people have been told by their medical doctor to be on a salt-restricted diet, and most people are deficient in calcium. So most people's stomach acid is weak to begin with, and then when you pour a carbonated beverage into the stomach on top of weak acid, it's super weak, and you're not going to digest hardly anything out of your food. Soy and corn. That's right, soy and corn. These are recent... Uh, additions to the list. Previous to October uh, 2015, we considered 10 bad foods. We have recently added corn and soy to the list, and here is why. Corn and soy are amongst the most genetically modified, genetically engineered foods available on planet Earth, and they are abundantly, copiously, profusely sprayed with an herbicide called Roundup, the scientific name for which is glyphosate. Recent data released by the World Health Organization, of all places, the World Health Organization, classifies Roundup as a carcinogen. 
a cancer-causing agent, and research also links directly the use of genetically engineered food, the consumption of genetically engineered corn and genetically engineered soy with four different types of cancer and deaths from high blood pressure, deaths from stroke. Let's look at the numbers. This first chart here shows the incidence of liver and bile duct cancer, liver and bile duct cancer. The uh, red line, which you'll see uh, going across the chart, is incidence of these types of cancer when uh, Roundup has been applied to corn or soy, whether it was genetically engineered or not. The blue line shows rates of cancer uh, when people have consumed genetically engineered corn and soy. So you can have naturally occurring corn and soy that's had Roundup sprayed on it, and or you can have genetically engineered corn and soy that has or has not had Roundup applied to it. That's what the red and the blue lines signify. The yellow bars, the vertical bars on this chart, are the incidence of the different types of cancer. Now, interestingly, on this chart, you'll see a um, green bar going across at about a 35-degree angle. That green bar represents the incidence of, in this case, liver and bile duct cancer that we would expect to be happening from historical trends. What we would expect to see happening from historical trends. And this, of course, is juxtaposed to the increased incidence of these types of cancer when people are eating genetically modified corn and soy and or corn and soy that have been sprayed with the herbicide Roundup, you can see in this case, liver and bile duct cancer, a remarkable correlation between the two. Next on the list, kidney cancer. Uh, it's a similar list. It's harder to see the trend here, but the trend exists. The incidence of kidney cancer has increased uh, since the introduction here of genetically engineered corn and soy and or the consumption of corn and soy that has been applied, uh, sprayed with Roundup. Bladder cancer. This is an easier trend to see. Bladder cancer here skyrocketing. Bladder cancer. That's not good. So, so, so far we have liver cancer, kidney cancer, bladder cancer. That can't be good thyroid cancer as well. Now this is interesting because you see the green bar here is the trend. The trend, it's a vertical trend. There wasn't really any increase in the incidence of thyroid cancer. But then we start eating genetically modified corn and soy and or corn and soy that has Roundup sprayed on it. Boom. Dramatic rise in thyroid cancer. Deaths from high blood pressure. Deaths from high blood pressure. Another dramatic correlation here. You can see the green bar going across, which is what we would expect from past historical trends. Since genetically uh, engineered corn and soy and Roundup have been applied to these products, a startling increase. And last but not least, deaths from stroke. You can see, again, a remarkable increase. Now, any one of these increased incidences would be enough to stay away from this stuff, right? 
but when you put them all together, uh, it makes genetically engineered corn and soy and or corn and soy that's been sprayed with Roundup the biggest, baddest voodoo daddy of them all. Now, in the United States, believe it or not, it's not that easy to discover whether or not your corn or your soy, which is labeled organic, is actually organic. So you have to do your homework. Whole Foods, interestingly enough, has a very good labeling system um, through which consumer determine whether or not or the extent to which the food that you think is organic actually is organic. Unless you grow your vegetables and fruits yourself in the United States, it is virtually impossible to tell whether or not it has in fact been genetically engineered. Moral to this story is just avoid corn and soy unless you know for sure it's not genetically engineered, it's heirloom corn and soy, and absolutely positively it's not been sprayed with the pesticide Roundup. Interestingly enough, this should also extrapolate into corn syrup, which the food industry is putting in just about everything these days. So I'm making the assumption here that if pesticide Roundup applied to corn and soy does this, I would also assume that the pesticide applied to tomatoes and avocados and oranges and grapefruits and uh, spinach and every other vegetable and fruit would have similar results. That's an extrapolation. I haven't seen the science, but remember, if it looks like a duck, flies like a duck, quacks like an MD, you should stay away from it. For goodness sakes, go organic, ladies and gentlemen. Educate yourself about what really is organic and what is suspect. And for goodness sakes, my recommendation, stay the heck away from corn and soy. In addition to the other 10 bad foods, nutrify your body every day with the 90 essential nutrients. Live long and prosper. Thanks for your attention and your time. I'll see you around campus. Okay, and that uh, recording, if you want to see it again, is on my website. Um, if you go to yourdiyhealth.com, uh, roll your mouse over the Trinity of Health, and it's a drop-down menu. The first uh, one you want is 12 Bad Foods, and it will show you a list of the bad foods, and then it'll show you the link to the video where you can watch it. So um, there you have it. But uh, that's something that is very, very important. Um, if you start taking the nutritional supplements, but you don't avoid the bad foods, it's like driving down the road with one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake. Not a real good idea, and it causes all kinds of problems. Um, hmm. Interesting. I'm just looking at some of the notes in chat. Um it may be something they're going to have to go into the uh, system preferences and make sure that the microphone is enabled there. Um, I'll have to get with you later on, I reckon, because um, that's something we can't figure out here. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, the 12 bad foods are very important to avoid. Cutting out the bad foods all by yourself. If you can't afford to do anything else, if all you do is cut out the bad foods, 
you're going to extend your life considerably just by cutting out um, uh, fried foods. On average, 15 to 20 years extra life, depending on when you do it, um, can be gained by cutting out the oils and um, fried foods. So do that at least. You know, go through that video again. Pay close attention to it. Cut the bad foods out regardless. Even if you're not doing nutrition and you're going to see you're going to see an improvement. You're going to feel better. You're going to have less is issues, less chance of getting cancer, and a better chance of having a nice, healthy life. But um, that's just about it. We are down to the last couple of minutes. And uh, I thought it would be good to get back to the kind of the basics today. Uh, we've been watching videos the last couple of weeks and that kind of thing. And um, I just thought it would be a good idea to get uh, down to the bare essentials and uh, of how you can in you know, restore your health and extend your lifespan. Um, so that's, uh, that's kind of why we did what we did today. And I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned something from it. Um, but we will, we'll be back again on Thursday, same bat time, same bat channel, same location. And, uh, we'll also be back in an hour on this same venue, uh, both on, uh, Jitsi and Spreaker and free conference call with my afternoon show by the same name, Your DIY Health. And uh, who knows what we'll be talking about there. But we have more people in the chat in the afternoon shows and that kind of thing because morning shows have been kind of disrupted because of the situation on uh, TFR. Uh, hopefully we'll get back there soon and be cooking with lard, <laughs> not Crisco. Uh, but we'll be uh, getting things going again uh, soon on uh, TFR. But uh, we will be here from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern um, in just a short period. So if you want to join us then, feel free. And we'll be talking more about your DIY health, how you can do it yourself far better than you can with the so-called assistance, actually the dragging you in the wrong direction by an MD. So uh, let's see here. Just looking at some of the things in the news. I don't know if there's anything we can get. Uh, big medicine pushing women to start getting risky mammograms at age 40, subjecting them to more cancer-causing radiation. Women do not get mammograms. I don't care what your idiot doctor tells you. Do not get mammograms. They are self-fulfilling prophecies. If you have enough mammograms, you will develop breast cancer. And mammograms are only one-third accurate. In other words, a third of the time, you got cancer. A third of the time, you don't got cancer. And a third of the time, who knows? It's crazy. You don't want to take mammograms. They are dangerous. They are radiating your breasts. They're causing cancer. If you get enough of them, a high-resolution ultrasound will do a far better job without any chance of causing negative problems. So, you know, that is our public service announcement for today. And we luckily, we had enough time to cover that. But uh, it used to be they start you at, at age 50, and now they're trying to push you to 40, which is just giving you that much more chance to develop cancer. Ain't that just wonderful? You don't need it. Don't do it. Don't follow any doctor that says get a mammogram. Take care. God bless. We will see you either in two days or in one hour, whichever. Take care of your life or your body because the only place you have to live. We'll see you soon. Take care and God bless. God bless.